Ahoy there, matey. Welcome aboard the world of boating. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle. You're going to need a bigger boat. Brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast. I was just looking in to buy a boat of my own. Call World of Boating toll-free now at 1-888-28-BOAT. That's 1-888-828-BOAT. And this is the world of boating. Greg, your first mate, Captain Patrick, Barry the boater, Bill the engineer even, and Mike the mariner rounding out the crew as we navigate the latest boating news and information. All right, so uh, we got a lot to talk about, uh, mainly, you know, the fact that uh, I just got back from a big adventure and traveling outside the country for the first time in 18 months. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, how is that possible? How, yeah, how that's, did he, not, that's not what we're thinking. We were thinking, how did they let him back in? Well, there was that. I had to get <laughs> no, tested. It's more like and why? <laughs> why? Why? Uh, what do you mean? Why? What do you, what do you, why what did you they let say? you back in? Because uh, I'm special. I, of well, speaking you are. of special, I saw I saw the photo that you posted of your Corona test. Yes. And I don't think you understand the situation. What do you mean? I think I understand it perfectly. Uh, uh, <laughs> how it goes? Yeah, we had Corona beers, and it was like, how many could you drink in a certain period of time? We were doing the rapid test of Corona, and uh, out of the three uh, participants of this particular contest, uh, I came out on top, for the record. You mean you passed out first? Um, Well, I'm not going to say what the uh, protocols and and specifics were for this particular uh, incident, but yes, maybe that was the case. There you go. Because I've seen you fall asleep after one dive, so I mean, you're not getting any younger. Well, thank you, uh, Barry. Or, or does the rapid test involve a beer bong? Is that is that how that works? You know what? Uh, if we would have had it available, we definitely would have uh, taken that into consider- consideration, Mike, because that would have uh, streamlined the process even quicker. But uh, I'll tell you, you know, the thing, you know, it was first time outside the country, honestly, for me in eighteen months, uh, which is kind of shocking considering how much I get to travel as part of this little gig that I get to do working with the world of boating scuba radio and just plain radio but i am here to report uh despite the silliness that uh bill witnessed online on facebook and everything with the corona beers that that the process of getting tested before you leave the country i was going into saint martin uh and coming back to the u.s really was not a big deal whatsoever and uh, you saw us joking about it coming back because we were drinking Corona beers when we were getting our rapid test, which you have to get to get back in the U.S. Uh, but it was not a problem. And it's just a little bit of, you know, a couple more hoops you got to jump through uh, traveling right now. But I'm here to report that it was pretty streamlined. It was pretty easy to navigate. And, um, you know, I encourage more people, if you feel you know comfortable enough in your own skin to travel under the, the these particular uh, times which you know i think that's an individual choice that you got to maintain and uh considering how how safe you feel personally but as far as the logistics and the protocols that you got to follow they're they're really not that difficult to manage patrick can, what say you can, can you describe or give the the, the uh, circumference of the hoops you had to jump through uh they because were i don't uh, that's that's an interesting part of re-entry into the u.s i think we should delve into further yes well you, you have to get a, a rapid test of for corona and if you choose to use corona beer in the process that's 
totally optional. I will tell you the testers in St. Martin were mildly amused uh, by our team of uh, of folks that were traveling together. And we probably made their day because, I mean, it, it, they got a sucky job. I mean, <laughs> they go around testing people, uh, you know, all over the place uh, of St. Martin. And that's their gig, you know, and so it's not a real like upbeat kind of job because they kind of come in and all official covered up in, you know, masks and smocks and and all that surgery gear. They, I mean, they look intimidating and uh, we gave them a giggle. Uh, so I, you know, I felt that uh, we did our part to kind of bring the world together or at least brighten their day. It's like, yeah, we got to get these uh, yeehaws off this boat and back into the U.S. immediately. <laughs> Uh, they have to leave. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I got to dive for a week around the island of Saba and uh, come back and basically, you know, rub it into you guys. Suck it, losers. Yeah. Oh, you had time to play. And get be able to, you know, do stuff like that, you know, because that's one of the benefits when you do travel and no one else does. You could say, hey, I'm I'm hanging out in paradise and you're not. You know, you're you're basically just back home. Yeah. Yeah. Did I tell you my son just came back from Ireland? No, nobody cares, Barry. But he uh, for but, two weeks. <laughs> no, he did he, he and he was yeah. safe. He, he survived the he process. Had a great time. Yep. Yeah, he met his future grandparents-in-laws. Yeah, I did give uh, the the testers, you know, some tips to try to brighten their day. I said, you know, just for you know, uh, grins. Have you ever considered like when you show up to give everybody, you know, like we had to get everybody tested that was on our boat for the week. Have you ever come up to them all dressed out and all your, you know, surgical gear and everything, your smocks? Or what is it, uh, Barry? Uh, help, help me out. What are the, what do they wear? The the outfits they wear the surgery. Scrubs? Yeah, the scrubs. Scrubs. They're all wearing scrubs and stuff. I said, just come out like, okay, we got the testing team, and the first person that comes up to them, the first thing you should say, okay, okay, bend over, and just uh, get their reaction and see. You well, know. first they have to put on the glove and take out the KY. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, way. That's a little too much there, Barry. I don't, too many details there. I, you yeah. haven't had an exam yet <laughs> at your age? Quiet, quiet. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's enough out of you. No, but Thank I just you. like, you know, break the ice and just start with that and see what the reaction is. I think that would be a good way to kind of, you know, ease the pain of going through that process. But, you know, it was no big deal. No big deal. So your son went uh, to Ireland, came back, same thing? No issues yeah, traveling? Uh, you know, so the, he didn't have any issues traveling. I know that they all had, had already had their Pfizer shots. Yeah. And I guess everything was pre-done. But yeah, you know, come to think of it, because they were closing some areas of the uh, of Europe over there again. But right. uh, he had no problem getting in there and getting back. Yeah. Yeah. They think we're crazy in America. <laughs> so we're like we the are. high-risk group. And troublemakers, uh, according to them. But did you tell them you were coming from Florida? That should. Oh, never mind. Not yeah, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. You know, alligators and iguanas. I, I will tell you. You know, once again, I flew into St. Martin, and it's sad to see the ghost town along the waterfront. There, I mean, it's like you know, and this is replicated all across the Caribbean. Thirty yeah. percent uh, of the businesses were open, if that. And, uh, you know, it's tough. You see, you see all the people just struggling to get by, you know, they're trying to make the best of it. And the people we talked to were fairly upbeat considering the situation, but it was hard not to notice that a lot of people were suffering big time uh, on the Island. So I was there last December and I saw the same thing. Yeah. Now I didn't have to get tested to come back to the U S though. 
Yeah. Well, they changed that, uh, you know, yeah. uh, and, and, and put a, a new protocol into, into place a few months ago. Uh, and so, you know, we had it kind of streamlined. We were on a dive boat all week, and they actually, the dive business, Explore Ventures, set it up where, where the techs came and gave everybody a test on the boat. So we actually had a, you know, some people come and do that as opposed to you have to go find a clinic or wherever and stuff. So they, they've streamlined the process for that particular business. So there's workarounds and different businesses are trying to adapt. But you, the best way you can do to support those folks is to go. If you feel personally, you know, uh, safe in your own skin, if you feel like you could do this, which I'm here to tell you, it really wasn't that difficult. It's more of just a matter of, do you feel comfortable doing it yourself? You know, you know, have you had it? Have you been vaccinated? Uh, you know, just how comfortable are you traveling? You know, it's really up to you. But I didn't feel uh, unsafe by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, they had protocols in place. They really weren't. Uh, difficult to uh, navigate once again. So my my vote would be go, go travel, go you know plan a moorings trip over in the British Virgin Islands, uh, get on boat, isolate on a boat for a while. Uh, but if you have to travel on an airplane to get there, you know it's I think it's scaring people away. All these all these uh, roadblocks that we have put up in front with these protocols and tests and stuff. But yeah, wasn't that big a deal. So there you go. So leave the country. Patrick, you've been deported, or uh, that's my suggestion. Leave. Get out. All right. Bye. All right. So uh, that was my uh, little uh, soapbox uh, mention. Just with that notice, yeah, Patrick starts coughing. What are the odds? See? Uh, Anyway. But, yeah, by the way, I've been tested, and obviously it was negative, so I'm good. So we're all clear here at the World of Boating. So we got to navigate some boating news information. We got to catch up on some viewer mail. We have a, a, an email I got last week here from Kian or Kian. I'm a, I'm a go. He goes, uh, "Hey gang, uh, I'm shopping for a Carver 570, but I have a choice between two identical models. One of them's a blah 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 old Volvo engine, and on, the stop. other is a stop. no no stop. I'm not quiet. Uh, and the other is a more expensive model, uh, Volvo." Uh, D12. Okay. Then they're not identical. Well, they're they're different powered. Okay, so if I'm going to go to the boat show uh, cruising between 10 and 12 knots, uh, do I even need to look at larger engines? Okay, we're going to dive deeper into this, see if we can uh, provide some, you know, viable information that uh, Kian can use next on the World of Boating. Stay close. You're listening to the World of Boating Radio Network. Hosting a radio show about scuba diving and boating is one of the best gigs on the planet. It's actually part of my job to check out and report on cool new products I personally use to enhance my diving and boating adventures. However, I do believe in sharing the joy, and this is why we've added Nanook protective hard cases to our list of products you can now purchase on the merchandise page at scubaradio.com. Nanook cases are designed to protect the most sensitive equipment in the harshest environments. Underwater photographers, listen up. From their high-impact NK 
resin to their exclusive Power Claw latches. Nanook has raised the bar for those of you that demand the best protection for your gear. Plus, Nanook protective cases cost less than similar products currently on the market. The company has been around for over 15 years, but it's new to the U.S., so we've made a small number of Nanook cases available exclusively for you at a special introductory price on the merchandise page at scubaradio.com. Go there now and check out Nanook, the evolution of protection. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. Even Keatley wasn't ready for me or anything that followed. Chased by a police department led by his ex-girlfriend and hunted by brain-fork-wielding Fijian assassins, it's everything he can do to keep from getting locked up, killed, or worse. Kava Screw is available as an ebook for $2.99 at Amazon.com. Kava Screw. Put a brain fork in him. He's done. You have successfully navigated the sea of commerce and now are clear to cruise with the world of boating. I do like the one. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle. The sun, the sea air, good friends. Brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast. We now return to Night Boat, the crime-solving boat. Faster, Night Boat. We've got to catch those starfish poachers. You don't have to yell, Michael. I'm all around you. Oh, no, they're headed for land. We'll never catch them now. Incorrect. Look, a canal. Oh, Night Boat, go! Oh, every week there's a canal. Or an inlet. Or a fjord. Quiet! I will not hear another word against the boat. I was young, I was dry, but to sail I would go. One hour on the water, I was soaked down below. Though I tried, I couldn't hide from my mother's piercing view. But all she would say was, a big boy like you. Wet before, wet before, wet behind, wet behind. We're the members of the Wet Pants Club. Get a little pissed Wet before, wet before, wet behind, wet behind. We're the members of the Wet Pants Club. This is the world of boating. Greg, your first mate, Captain Patrick, Barry, the boater, Mike, the mariner, even Bill, the engineer, joining the crew today as we navigate the latest boating news and information and delve into some, uh, well, or catch up on viewer mail uh, here on the world of boating radio show. All right. So, uh, Kean, here's the question. He's shopping for a Carver 570. He has a choice between two identical models. One of them is a blah, blah, blah model number Volvo engine, and the other is a more expensive model, a D12. If I'm just going to use the boat to cruise slow between 10 and 12 knots, do I need to even look at a larger engine? I've heard larger engines are about 50% more, 50 more expensive to maintain as well. Is that true? Lastly, I've also heard Volvo Penta engines are hard to get parts and expertise for outside of the continental U.S. Is that a rumor or true? Appreciate your response. Okay, Patrick, you're up first. What do you think? Um, for the use that he's described, 
Uh, there is absolutely nothing wrong with going with the smaller size diesel engine. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, of course, Marine Survey, health of the engines overall. Uh, does everything check out? Uh, then you get into Volvo Penta. Uh, I would just recommend that Kian goes to volvopenta.com, click on the Marine Leisure section. There is a worldwide action service network. I mean, phone numbers that you can call uh, for uh, you got an issue, you've got a question. There are resources online, parts locators, and most important, dealer parts and service locator for service worldwide. Uh huh. Yeah, I mean, they're an international company, so it shouldn't be a big deal between uh, inside the U.S. and outside, should it? It is not a big deal, especially in today's you know global uh, economy, if you will. Mm-hmm. But Volvo Penta has always prided itself on its worldwide network. Uh, been working with them, if you will, for thirty about thirty years. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's at parts in the environment we're in today. Um, Parts can be a little difficult depending on what is needed, but what surprises people at times when uh, I do answer these questions about Volvo Penta is, well, it's uh, everything comes from Sweden. No, because there's Volvo Penta of North America. So there's actually manufacturing plants here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So just because it says Volvo, people think it's, you know, it's coming out of Sweden and it's, yeah. it's not. Barry, what say you? What do you think? Barry, you got to turn your mic on, though. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry about that. All right. That leads that leads to my next question: mm-hmm. is if you is there any difference between a, an engine manufactured out of the U.S. and one here where you would have to specifically, if it's a USA yacht and you're going to be using it overseas, and, and you have USA engines, and you had to order a part, would it only be available in the U.S., or is it still a worldwide it's, it's It's worldwide. So what, what the most important thing to have um, is engine serial numbers. Hmm. Because when you contact any engine manufacturer, they can go into their database, pull up the engine serial number, and they can then tell you, you know, the part, part numbers, availability, um, things like that. It's the, the problem is when you get somebody who calls and says, yeah, I got 5.0 liter engines um, and I need, a, well, sir, do you have the engine serial numbers? No. Mm-hmm. But, well, <laughs> do you have your hull number? No. Yeah. yeah. And then it's, yeah, I can't, I, unfortunately I can't help you. And when I do direct people to contact engine manufacturers, cause I'm limited in, you know, parts pricing and things like that, that, you know, I'm not going to get into that with a, with a customer or an owner Right. that make sure that you've got your engine serial number, your, your outdrive serial number. And if you don't have it, give me your hull number. I can pull up in our database and tell you what went into that boat at the date of manufacture. Makes sense. Okay. So Mike, the Mariner, I, I have a feeling by reading a Kean's email, he's referring back to a few weeks ago when we were talking about when you have the option to, Get more power. More is always better. You know, if you got the budget, you got yeah. the the money, should you overpower just a little bit uh, in that consideration? So, Mike, what well, would you say? Well, I would, I would say you get the boat uh, and configure it for the use you're going to uh, 
how you're going to use the boat. Right. So I totally agree with Patrick that you don't need high horsepower if you're going to use the boat basically as a trawler. You know, lots of lots of people can run a boat all through the Great Loop with the lower horsepower pack. My my boat, my particular boat, has the lower horsepower package diesel selection. Yeah. Um, my boat could have been bought with Caterpillar engines, which mm-hmm. are uh, about 50, 50 more horsepower per side. But my boat performs just fine. There you even go. Even fully loaded with all 10 right. people aboard. So, uh, you know, power and uh, mission needed. Okay, Barry uh, has spoke. Patrick has spoke. Mike has spoke. But Bill, the engineer, who is an engineer, has not. So what say you, Bill? Uh, well, I, I'm not that kind of engineer. Oh, but, oh okay. All right. But, but well. this is this is the question that I have. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that uh, Patrick and Mike may be the best to address this. When you go and buy a boat and you have in your mind the way you're going to use it, is there ever a time when, because the boat performs differently than you anticipated, you end up using it a different way? And is there a downside to having the extra power, even if you don't use it 75% of the time, Mm -hmm. but you do use it 25% of the time or 80 and 20? I, I guess my question is, I've had a car which accelerated really, really well. I don't drive over the speed limit. I, I, I mean, I got that out of my system decades ago. But every once in a while, it was great to know that if I put my foot down on the gas, I could go exactly where I wanted to, exactly when I wanted to. And I've also driven a car that was horribly underpowered. And it was much more fuel efficient. But when I put my foot on the gas, I waited. And, and I wonder if there isn't a benefit to having the power you know, it, in reserve, or, yeah. Or, or is that extra power going to be a problem that I just don't know about? Well, we'll address that next with uh, Patrick, Mike, Barry, and the crew right here on the World of Boning. Stay close. You're listening to the World of Boating Radio Network. This is the world of boating. Greg, your first mate, Captain Patrick, Barry the boater, Mike the mariner, Barry. Uh, oh, Bill, Bill the engineer. <laughs> Sometimes I interchange Barry and Bill. Uh, you know they they they're kind of joined at the hip. Sometimes it's it's weird how they you know, and I'm not going to judge. So uh, anyway, moving on. Um, you know, so is there such a thing as having too much power? I, I would assume the answer is yes, but having that little extra reserve, that little extra punch, not only, you know, uh, do the chicks dig it, Patrick, but is it a good thing when it comes to your boat? When this particular boat or these two boats that we're talking about, which are diesel powered, no, it really doesn't come into play. The only The only way that I could see it coming into play really is if, the boat say had a rigid inflatable on the swim platform if it was carrying an inordinate amount of weight and was going to be run to where the boat needed to get up on plane where maybe you would want that extra horsepower to help the boat at that point but then once you're up on plane you're backing off anyway probably to your cruise so 
it, 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 it the lower horse, the the smaller engines, especially for the way that Ken is planning on using the boat, perfectly fine, and that's what I would go with. Okay, Mike the Mariner, what say you? Sorry for the background noise. I'm outside, but uh, Party. here's the thing: you, you, you have to uh, take a look at the engine performance chart. And make sure that you're within the performance parameters for the speed that you plan to run the boat at. In my particular case, uh, I run 80% of uh, rated RPMs, which is 3,000 RPMs is my rated RPM. So I run 2,400 RPMs at cruise, which gives me about 14 knots, which is 17 miles an hour. And I'm on plane, and I'm performing just fine. Right. And that's, that's taking that's, into account the uh, party yeah. that you have on the boat today, too? I mean, the big group of people, yeah. probably, I'm yeah, guessing, right? You know, in my particular case, the boat doesn't seem to matter. It doesn't, it doesn't seem to matter whether I have two people or ten people. The same okay. RPMs get me the same speed. All the, right. The, well, the key there you is go. you can't run over 80 percent of rated horsepower for long periods of time or you're putting additional wear and tear on the engines all right well there you go i think we've uh, covered that base pretty well and kian hopefully is grateful or he he tuned us out a long time ago anyway we've got more coming up on the world of boating stay close you're listening to the world of boating radio network captain you'll be my scallywags i don't know what that means but you will be them and here's how we play thank you for your attention and welcome aboard let's go this is the world of boating greg your first mate captain patrick barry the boater mike the mariner bill the engineer rounding out the crew all right so uh you know if, if you don't really need to pay extra for the power key and that's what i think we've uh discovered for that uh it's more about matching i guess your the the type of boating you want to do and, uh, you know, what the specifications of your vessel include. Bill, the engineer, what say you? Well, actually, uh, the follow-up question I would have to this, and this is a question for people that have bought and sold boats, not a question for me. But my question is, do you factor in whether or not the boat will be more valuable for resale when you purchase it? Mm. Patrick, what say Absolutely. you? Okay. Mike yeah. says yes. Patrick that, says what? Th- that that is a question that I've answered. Uh really couldn't recall how many times where because of engine package choices that are offered, I get asked, well, you you you've got you entry level is five liter, and then you go all the way up to you know X, you got two engine packages in between. Yeah, SX drives, SX drives, DPS drives. Uh which one do you recommend? And uh, it's like when people call and they look at optioning out a boat, it's like, yeah, you may not use this, but if it is within your uh, budget, order it with it. And if you go to sell that boat, your boat is going to be worth more because it's got these options already installed, such as uh, a larger engine. Uh, could nobody wants to buy a boat? You know, if they're looking at, you know, secondhand, um, and I'm talking in, in this particular instance, runabouts, gas powered, and they've got a family of six that they want to get into a boat that's got a base engine package in it. And to Bill's point, you're going to advance that throttle all the way and it's going to go, what? 
because it's it's not going to want to go anywhere. Versus so wait a minute, in. hold on, Patrick. Now you're t- saying exactly the opposite of what you said before. You said he'd be not. fine going with the cheaper option and w- no. with what he wants to do, but now you're saying if he wants to sell it in the future, it would be worth more money, and maybe he should consider it if he has the money. Is that what you're saying? No. I'm talking about somebody who's looking at pricing out a new boat, okay, Okay. and how they want to get the boat equipped. A, how are you going to use it? B, if it's within your budget, certainly go with the larger engine offering because, yes, somebody who's looking at buying a boat in the future, if it is a family of five and they're looking for a used boat, a boat with a base engine package probably isn't going to get out of its own way versus an engine with a larger a boat with a larger engine which will perform the way that they want it to hmm. it would be more valuable to a larger population of people right and, bill and I, and and i don't think that patrick is saying anything different he answered the first question which is for what i want to do is this a good engine package mm-hmm. and that is one answer but there's a second question and, right. and I think sometimes, and this is the hardest part about doing anything, especially if you're doing it for the first time, is not getting the right answers to the questions. It's asking the right questions. And I think that uh, those of you that have bought and sold more than one boat probably discovered more questions than you knew there were questions to ask as time went on. Right. So if Kean was planning to keep his boat for as long as he could do it, he's good with the lower power engine. If he's sinking, he might... Uh, consider an upgrade in five years, he might consider going bigger. Maybe. That may be one way to look at it, you think? Yeah. No. Okay. Uh, Mike the Mariner, <laughs> you think? Yes? No? Well, I, 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 I'm not I, sure I, what I mean, part the- of pricing out a new boat for somebody, which is what I was talking about on the last conversation. I, I, but I, Kian, I took it back to Kean. Looking Kian, at yeah. a used boat. Okay, so wouldn't well, uh, so if Kean could, so, he just said he wanted to, he was picking between two different engines, though, Patrick. So if he right. was going to sell it, uh, even if he was thinking he was going to buy this as a used boat, but a, a upgraded engine, uh, it would still be worth more if he wanted to flip it in five years or something. But if he- not, not when you deal with diesel, it's a different animal. You're not going to see a whole yeah. lot of different performance between the two engine sizes, Greg. Okay, right. All right. That's that. That's what I was. That, that was the point I was going to make. Got it. Because when you when you look at it, it it's uh, it's both in when you're trying to sell the boat and when you're trying to buy a boat you can buy my boat with gas engines and pay 30 or forty thousand less than i bought my boat for Mm -hmm. but it will always that delta will always be there so it's if if you want that boat but don't care to to use it very much or or go very far maybe you'll select the gas engines got it but if you want to if you want to go up the east coast of the united states you're certainly going to want diesel all right that makes sense i like it uh bill all right, so I have I have yet another follow-up. What? <laughs> well, th- this is the other question. I think this is the question which probably runs furthest afoul of the the mission of World of Boating. Do you think most people use the boat as often as they think they will when they make the purchase? They do not. Studies show that. There used to be an initial break-in period of 50 hours for engine manufacturers, and they had to back that off to 20 hours or once a year because they found that most people were not putting the time on the boat within one calendar year, taking into account especially the amount of boaters that are in the Northeast, the upper Midwest, where your boating season is X, and a lot of people do boating the way that they do it down in Barry's area 
which is they launch off a boat ramp and go two minutes to a sandbar and beach the boat. Ah, good times. No, you're not using your boat then. Well, well, you know, I'm and, using your boat if I'm yeah, drowning I it. I sure. noticed that. <laughs> well, well and, and that, I think, is the other part of this equation. Is it worth putting more money into something which, as good as your intentions are when you start using the boat, I think the, the person who's on a boat the most here is probably Mike. And Mike is probably on less than he plans on being on at the Well, beginning. he's on one right now, and they're making a lot of racket uh, behind him, too. Uh, I got news for you. I am on boats every day of the week, Monday through Friday. We know that story, Patrick. And we know how many you are willing to purchase. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if he's a good example of uh, that whole type of thing. You don't have to be here every week to know a lot of the narrative. (laughs) (laughs) He works on boats. Therefore, he does not own one. So... Because I work on them. Right. And he knows. Right. I I hear where you're going from. Coming from but on, honestly, when I bought my boat, I do not use it as I had intended to, which was, you know, just to dive off of it because I was missing someone that would watch the boat while I was diving. Mm-hmm. It ended up becoming more of a cruising boat, fishing boat, just hanging out boat, which is fine. But then I would have looked for something with a little yeah. cabin. Or now, something. the problem with Barry is he needs more friends. Uh, Patrick? <laughs> Well, to go back to something that that Mike had uh, mentioned, and in particular, both Mike and Barry are the type of boat owners, the type of boaters that they understand the boat that they have. I mean, they understand the way it runs. They know why it runs the way it does. They know how it likes to run. They, They really went in depth. Mike, I know when he purchased his current boat, did the research. Yeah, he was a very informed boater, uh, buyer, especially going in, buying a pre-owned boat, knew exactly what it was he was looking for, made sure that it was going to work the way that he wanted it to, performed within the parameters that he was aware of, Barry, the way he maintains and uses his boat. And uh, sadly, that's a much smaller segment, not that there aren't knowledgeable boaters out there, there are, but again, you've got the ones out there and nothing against you if you're listening that you take it to the ramp or take it off the lift, you turn the key and you, you, you go out, uh, you know, a half a mile and put it up on the beach and that's it. It's merely a conveyance to get you to, uh, where you really want to be, which is out on a sandbar or an Island or whatever, you know, hanging out with friends. Nothing well, you know, boat ownership's very much like, uh, a relationship the way you're describing it, you know, Barry and, uh, and, and Mike both have boats they have a great relationship with their boat they didn't just jump right into it and make an impulse buy they they dated for a couple years they went through the whole courtship process (laughs) made sure they got what they want and they've stayed together unlike you know uh uh, patrick uh, prefers to be single and doesn't want a boat and 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 bill well he's he's tried it a few times but uh but he's all good now i guess right i'm 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 more like a virgin. <laughs> he's dabbled. Uh, he's played. He's played the field when I've, it comes. I've given it my best effort. My best effort wasn't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> it is much like high school. Okay. All right. Well, but you know, it is your, the relationship you have with your boat is is not much different than other relationships in our lives. How about that for some insight for you? Okay, Dr. everybody's Lee. really impressed. I got yeah. it. Okay, it's an emotional connection. Yes, Patrick is kind of like a boat gigolo. <laughs> okay, you think? <laughs> wow. All right. 
Uh, we might have to change. Patrick is speechless. Uh, Captain Patrick. Uh, I, you know. I'm, I'm creating my website as we speak. Boatjigolo.com. Oh, Boatjigolo. Okay. You better buy that real quick. I, I don't think uh, there's going to be a lot of competition for that one, Barry. I'm just it's an option package. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, we took a drastic turn. We'll try to get back on course next right here on The World of Boating. You're listening to The World of Boating Radio Network. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the boating world? Well, look no further than the World of Boating Radio Show. Just like you, thousands of boating enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. Go to worldofboating.com, send us an email, and let's get to work to make your marketing message matter. Traffic sucks, unless you're scuba diving with Mike Scott. Mike glanced down at his dive computer. It showed less than 50 PSI left in his tank. Probably just a few more breaths. Or riding shotgun in a thrilling car chase. One bullet hit the Jeep's windshield, spiderwebbing the passenger side. Mike shifted into second gear and felt the Jeep leap forward. This just got serious. Escape your commute with audiobooks from author Eric Douglas. Download to your phone. Go to booksbyeric.com or audible.com. Hosting a radio show about scuba diving and boating is one of the best gigs on the planet. It's actually part of my job to check out and report on cool new products I personally use to enhance my diving and boating adventures. However, I do believe in sharing the joy, and this is why we've added Nanook protective hard cases to our list of products you can now purchase on the merchandise page at scubaradio.com. Nanook cases are designed to protect the most sensitive equipment in the harshest environments. Underwater photographers listen up from their high-impact NK resin to their exclusive power claw latches. Nanook has raised the bar for those of you that demand the best protection for your gear. Plus, Nanook protective cases cost less than similar products currently on the market. The company has been around for over 15 years, but it's new to the U.S., so we've made a small number of Nanook cases available exclusively for you at a special introductory price on the merchandise page at scubaradio.com. Go there now and check out Nanook, the evolution of protection. successfully navigated the sea of commerce and now are clear to cruise with the world of boating i do like the one the radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle the sun the sea air good friends brought to you by worldofboating.com your internet portal for the boating enthusiast kids love to dress like pirates the murderers and rapists that pirates were we think it's adorable. Being a pirate is all fun and games, till somebody loses an eye. It hurts like it blazes, it makes you pull faces, but you can't let your mates see you cry. A fancy black patch will cover the hatch, making sure the soccer stays dry. Being a pirate is all fun and games, till somebody loses an eye. It's so hard to be a pirate. This 
is the world of boating. Greg, your first mate, Captain Patrick, Barry, the boater, Mike, the mariner, Bill, the engineer, rounding out the crew as we navigate the latest boating news and information. All right, so um, do we, we have a few more nuggets to share with everybody. They may have seen some of this stuff on Facebook for the world of boating, um, but but you want to dive a little deeper into some of these, don't you, before we wrap it up today, Patrick, or what? Um, I go with or what. Okay. If I got a choice. Um, some industry news we wanted to touch on, uh, and all of these stories and the ones that we're not going to get to. There's a really good one there on used boat buying secrets um, that posted last week, except for, I think, number three. They're pretty well spot on. Um, but in industry news, uh, Dometic announced this week that it has acquired cooler and drinkware manufacturer Igloo for how much money, gentlemen? Hmm. Uh, 12-pack of uh, Corona and... Right, somebody with a serious guess. All right. Anybody else? Igloo. Uh, $8 million. $2 billion, says Mike the Mariner. I don't... Barry, higher eight. or lower? Lower, $8 million. I'll be on the low side. And Bill says... 10.5 mil. 10.5. I'm going to go 10.5... And one dollar. Ah, he's been watching prices, right? Yep. Six hundred and seventy-seven million dollars. Yes. Oh, what? So, really? Dometic. Uh, for those of you who aren't aware, Dometic uh, has acquired uh, many companies over its its lifetime. Uh, most probably uh, noted for air conditioning systems, uh, Marine Air, and um, Marine Heads, uh, porcelain toilets, um, hmm. and they have now acquired Igloo, which begs. The question, how soon before they have refrigerated toilets? No. Well, a cooler that (laughs) also has Uh, a toilet attachment. Wow. Okay. And or an air conditioner. So, So, wait, wait. This is coming from the uh, brain trust of Captain Patrick. They haven't done this. You're just throwing this out as a suggestion of what could be of things to come? Let's let's not say a suggestion. Let's just say a a, a flight of whimsy. Um, hmm. For last fiscal year, Igloo reported more than four hundred million dollars in net sales, um, with ninety two percent of its sales in the United States. Just coolers, coolers and drinkware. That's a lot of coolers. It, it is at that. But you look at I know boat manufacturers oh, okay. where they they include that stuff in their boats. Just look at the rise in boat production alone in the last 18, 20 months. Um, the fact that they could even get them. But uh, their world headquarters is currently in Katy, Texas, hoping that the medic um, keeps it there um, with this purchase. But that's uh, news from this past week. Also, Yamaha has developed, of all things, getting on the electric propulsion bandwagon. Um, Why do you laugh, Barry? What's so funny about that? Only because I know how much Patrick doesn't like electric. <laughs> it's it's not that I don't like electric. Okay. Uh, it, electric I, will be I fine. Um, but I, I have seen better um, and nothing against Yamaha. They, they, they make some really, really fine engines, uh, performance packages, things like that. These basically look like two bow thrusters to me, hanging off the back of a boat. Um, not really uh, that didn't do anything for me. I don't quite get it. 
Um, I've seen better propulsion, electric propulsion systems from some of the manufacturers that we've talked about over the past uh, couple months. But uh, uh, just going that. back to the igloo uh, thing with that, maybe they should uh, <sighs> with your idea for the uh, the go. toilet and the igloo cooler. How uh, how about some bowel thrusters? Uh, Thank you. Oh I'll be here God. all week. <laughs> Thank goodness, because I'm leaving. <laughs> I, I, that's that's it. Oh, I saw I saw a little crack there. Sorry. Hello, uh, unintended. Okay. Hello. Well, I'm uh, looking at these 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 electric motors, and uh, maybe they just don't need to be huge. You're used to. They could have been just a big empty cowling. Would that have made it look better? No, it it just. I think that there are things that Yamaha is well known for um, innovation uh, performance packages. Uh, you know, they, again, they build a, an awesome uh, outboard engine. Um, this, I, I guess I was expecting more, uh, especially when you look at the performance of, and the way that it's, it, 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 I, I don't know how else to describe it. Like I said, it looks like they took a couple bow thruster motors and stuck them in the water. It, it does, does, their, does their configuration have the motor below the water line? Looking at that schematic, it doesn't look like it. it looks like the motor is above, and then they have a transmission, you know, a, a regular lower unit. But it's got a a round thing around the uh, propeller, like propeller guard. Okay, well, I guess that's that's why it looks like a uh, bow thruster. Right. Did you say bow or bowel? Bow, bow. Okay, just checking. Bow. All right, yeah, I, I got it right. Did I say I brought some rum back from uh, my trip in St. Martin? Can you uh, tell? Uh, yes, we can. You're welcome. Or I apologize, I forget which one. But uh, regardless, we'll wrap it up for this week. Till next time. Remember, whether it's sail or motor, life is better as a motor. Safe boating, everyone. World of Boating is brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast. Any of this getting through to you, son? World of Boating is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. Computer standing by. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at (gasps) worldofboating.com. Computers can do that? So tell a friend and come aboard every week for the World of Boating. This is so great. I can't wait. I'm getting goosebumps. Feel me. Feel me. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle. TTFN, ta-ta for now. The opinions you just heard on the world of boating are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. What are you being such a weenie for? While on the water, your safety and the safety of many others depends on you. So boat smart and operate your vessel only after receiving the proper training and instruction for your area. There is a fine line between genius and madness. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at worldofboating.com.